So I think the year was 2012. Amber, myself, and Jackson found ourselves at the BJCC. We found ourselves at the BJCC waiting to be wowed by a show. We're waiting for the tigers. We're waiting for the lions. We're waiting for the, the feats of strength that would wow the young and the old. Because we were on a field trip and we were at the circus. Amen. I was excited to see my son's face just, just come to life as he experiences for a young boy the unimaginable. These are the moments. These are the moments as a parent you just you grab a hold of and you don't want to let go. These are the moments that, that as you look back on your life, you look back and you say, man, they just mean more to me than ever. But this particular day, this particular memory has a little bit of a stain on it. And it has nothing to do with Jackson, has nothing to do with the day, and it has everything to do with actually the circus. And one thing in particular about the circus, because it wasn't too long after that, that I learned some history of the circus, particularly with the elephants. See, when the baby elephants are born, they're separated from their mothers, and they are given chains that are put around their ankles, their legs. They're separated from their moms, and they're chained, in, and then put a little stake in the ground. Now, this elephant has this instinctive desire to be free, and so it fights. And it fights these chains. But after a while, it learns. These chains are just too strong for it. After a while, it learns that these chains just can't be broken by them. And so what do they do? They give up. They give up. And so the thing that, the only thing that the people have to do to keep this elephant, where they want to keep it is to put a chain around its leg, around its ankle. And, and it's reminded, it's reminded that it can't do anything about it. Now, now that's just, it, it's sad to think about this, but it doesn't end there. Because it doesn't end when the baby elephant is young. You know, an elephant can weigh up to 14,000 pounds. An elephant can weigh up to 14,000 pounds. And that elephant, even though it's large, even though it's gotten older, it's gotten more powerful, and even though many things can't stand in its way, that elephant has been conditioned to believe that when a chain is around its leg, it doesn't have the power to break it. Because it learned when it's younger. It learned when it was younger that when that chain is there, it's kind of done. 
It believes that it doesn't have the capacity to break loose because that elephant has been trained to think thoughts of giving up. It's been trained to think thoughts of it's not worth it. No use in trying. It's been trained to think it's stronger than me. And so it makes me sad to think of this beautiful, strong, and powerful elephant has given up and doesn't use the power that it has to experience the freedom that it wants. All because it's bought into a lie. All because this lie has been ingrained in its head since it was young. And that's what we're going to talk about for the next six weeks. That's what we're going to talk about in the future at One Hope Church, because I think we all have some personal experiences that, that have shaped our thinking. And those experiences uh, can end up feeling like chains in our life. We all have some personal chains that I think need to be broken. And the greatest problem, beyond even just the experiences that we have, the greatest problem, even, though, even not just the, the things that we've experienced, is that we don't think we can do anything about it. We think it's normal. We don't have what it takes to be set free from our past, from our brokenness, from our mistakes, so that we can live free. Our, our mind has been conditioned to live this way. That's what we're going to talk about for these next weeks. As we kick off this series, I want to make sure we're on the same page about something. As we kick off this series, I want to make sure we understand something very clearly, that the truth is you don't have what it takes to be free. I know that may be not what you expected me to say, but the truth is you and I don't have what it takes to be free, but that doesn't mean we can't live in freedom. Because I believe each and every one of us was created to live free, but very few of us ever lived in that designed creation. And I believe that we were created to live free because I think freedom is a theme, as a thread, is something that's all through the scriptures. Will you go back to, with me to the very beginning? Maybe you've read this before. Go back with me to the very beginning, and the words from God to us are, God creates. Now we've got to stop there. We've got to stop there real quick because we have to get this part right. If we don't get this part right, then a lot of stuff isn't going to make sense. That God created. He's the creator. He's the designer. He's the author of everything. All of it. That's what our scripture says. He creates. He creates heaven and earth. And he creates light and darkness. He creates land and sea. He creates animals. He creates humanity. And when God creates, he creates on purpose, he creates with a plan, he creates with perfection. That's what we see at the beginning of Scripture. And what we need to see is that when God created us, his people, humanity, he created us to live in freedom. 
That's what we see at the beginning of Scripture. Freedom with each other, freedom to live with uh, this, this, this everything he's created land-wise. He's created us to live in freedom in a relationship with him. God gave humanity everything we needed to live with freedom. Nothing was let off. But he also gave us instruction of how to live in that freedom. He gave us all the freedom we needed, but he gave instruction to live out that freedom. He says, hey, I'm giving you all of this, but stay away. You know that part? Do you remember that part? But stay away from this one tree. Stay away from this one thing that's going to come between us. Stay away from that thing that will change your life. Just stay away from it. I'm giving you all of this. Just stay away from this. But if you know the story, you know something happens and it changes everything. Those first few chapters of Genesis, it all comes to an end. What God designed, what God wanted for us, came to a screeching halt in that moment. When Adam and Eve chose to go against the plan and the purpose of God, things changed. And now all of a sudden, brokenness, shame, guilt, confusion, hurt, pain, insecurity, uh, fear, regret, anger, rebellion enters the world and humanity is changed forever. This is the story that God gives us, his words. And we see that humanity changed because it says all of a sudden Adam and Eve realized they were naked. Now, if you're not part of the church or you don't know this story, that's a weird sentence from a pastor, right? Like, we know humanity changed because they realized they were naked. But this is what you need to see. Go back and read this story. They realized things had changed because they were naked. And what did they do? They hid from God. They hid from God. What was once a free life, what was once this freedom in everything that God created, all of a sudden had changed, and now they're hiding from God. All those negative effects of, of when you don't listen to God are happening in their lives. God wanted them to live in a deep, free relationship with Him in everything they created. But what they realized was there's an enemy against that. And in this case, the enemy won and changed everything. They went from freedom to this bondage. They went from freedom to losing to the enemy, and all of a sudden their life changes forever. Their relationship with God was changed. They weren't vulnerable. They weren't open. They weren't there worshiping in relationship and enjoying life together in this freedom. They're hiding from God. Everything changed. But this is where I get to remind you of something. 
This is one of the big moments of Scripture. God creates and things become a mess, but I get to remind you that in this moment, God wasn't done. He didn't see Adam and Eve and and give up on them. He didn't see the sin in Adam and Eve and say, fine, do it yourself, I'm done with you. This is not the story of Scripture. This is a story of what we often do to each other when we mess up, but this is not the story of God, what he does to us when we mess up. No, no. The rest of Scripture is a storyline of a God who recommits to his people. He recommits to his created people. He, he recommits to them by saying, listen, I am your God and you are still my people. This is the covenant I'm going to make. This is the promise I'm going to make with you. He's not done with them. They went against God's plan. They went against God's purpose. They went against God's design. And there were ramifications for this. But the beautiful part of this story is God goes, I'm not done with you. I'm recommitting to you. And so everywhere I read in Scripture, everything I read, I see a God through who, through that promise, wants to bring freedom back to his people. If his people would just come back to him, if his people would just submit to him, if people would just humble themselves to him, if his people would just trust him, if his, pe- if his people would just give themselves to him, they will experience freedom again in him, just the way God always wanted it. God is still pursuing them. So just respond to him. So the next time you read your Bible, Next time you open that up and say, God, what do you have for me? Look for this thread of freedom that God is trying to bring to his people all throughout the words. Starting at the beginning of the Old Testament until we reach, until we reach this incredible man, Jesus. The climax of the whole story, Jesus comes. Everything that God wanted for his people happens in the, re- re- the arrival of Jesus. And everything I see in Jesus is a God who's trying to bring ultimate freedom to his people. It's still happening. It started with it. It got messed up. But God's still pursuing, still committing, still loving, still wanting to be with his people. And then Jesus comes and nothing has changed because he wants to bring freedom from sin. He wants to bring freedom from spiritual separation. He wants to bring freedom from our past mistakes and things we've messed up on. He wants to bring freedom from our hidden secrets. He wants to bring freedom from uh, the confusion of who we are. He wants to bring freedom from anything that's holding us back from a deep relationship with him. This is what Jesus came to do. This was his message. This was his purpose. And I see it when I see him call the disciples to follow him. I see it when Jesus goes public for the first time to the woman at the well. I see it. When I think he gives and declares his mission statement as he as he reads to the people in the village of Capernaum, when he reads Luke chapter 4, he's quoting Isaiah, actually, and he says, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. 
He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This is straight from Jesus' mouth. This is his reading in front of these people. What have I come to do? Jesus came to set people free so they could live free. He declares it. He declares it to his disciples. He declares it to this woman at the well. He declares it to this village. He wants people to know this is why I came. Now I said earlier, you don't have what it takes to be free. And this is, can be a bit harsher, a bit like opposite what you expect a pastor to say because like I'm supposed to inspire, I'm supposed to give hope, I'm supposed, but can I tell you, I have to say this because we need to hear it. That because of the brokenness in this world, this brokenness in me, we don't have what it takes for freedom, but we have Jesus. And in Jesus, we have everything we need to experience the freedom that, all, that God always wanted for us from the beginning. When we accept the reason Jesus came, when we accept that he dies on the cross, rises again, that in this he has given us the power to overcome the, any strength of any chain that we'll ever experience in our life. Anything that has held us captive, that in Jesus everything can be broken and we can be set free from that. That's what we have. We may not have it in ourselves, and let's own it. Because the beautiful message is, but we have it at our disposal. We have it to live in. We have it to take a hold of. See, we can be set free and begin to live in freedom in a way we've never experienced before and cannot experience any other way when we own this in Jesus. But what we also have to understand is being set free and living free are two different things. Set free and living free are two completely different things. Hear me out. Living in freedom does not happen by accident. To live in freedom comes at a cost. One of the greatest lies I think the enemy wants us to believe is that following Jesus and living in freedom by following him is easy and it doesn't cost us anything. To live in freedom doesn't cost us anything. It's a lie. Because you know the day you say yes to Jesus, you say no to a lot of other things. Do you know the day you say yes to Jesus, things change in our lives. It costs us something. And one of the dangers in, our, in the church in general today is that we make following Jesus sound simple and easy. We tell you just believe and then things are going to work out. That freedom, or we don't, I don't know if we even use those words a lot. 
But that following Jesus, uh, that, that giving your life to Jesus and everything will work out. It's just everything is positive. Now, don't get me wrong. Hear me on this. Receiving forgiveness from Jesus is easy. Hear me on this. Salvation in Jesus is easy. Jesus does all the work. We just get to live in and receive how much he loves us, even to the point of death. But can I tell you today, following Jesus and living in that freedom is not easy for me. And maybe for you, and I'm not speaking your language this morning, but I'll tell you, this is not an easy thing for me. Because the same enemy that was coming after Adam and Eve is the same enemy that's, co- is this, that's coming after me. The same enemy that was coming after them. The same enemy that wants to steal their freedom. The same enemy that does not want them to live in freedom is the same enemy that's coming at me and saying, you can't live in it either. The same one that wanted to stop them from receiving everything that God designed them to live in, that that Jesus came to give us, is the same one that is fighting us every day. That's why for me it is a battle. Living in everything that God wants for me is a daily battle. It's not easy. It's something that we have to choose. It's something we have to decide. It's something we have to fight for. I think Jesus knows this. He doesn't mind telling us this because he knows what we need to know that if we want the freedom that he wants to give us, it's going to cost us something. He knows what we need to know that if we want that freedom, it doesn't come by accident and it is going to cause us to make some choices about our lives. I think that's why he said what he said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. Maybe you've heard this before. Jesus says, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few will find it. You heard that before? Context here. Jesus is on the side of this mountain or this hill looking over the Sea of Galilee. And his disciples are there. And uh, uh, the village people are there. The, the, the Jewish leaders are there. They're all taking in this teaching. They're all listening to him. And Jesus has just given them the game plan. He's given them the essential words of what it means to follow him. It started in Matthew chapter 5 with this amazing sermon called the Sermon on the Mount. And he leads them through words of what it means to follow him. What it's going to mean for them to totally give themselves to him. But now the message is coming to a close. It ends at the, for us, the end of chapter 7. And he, he, he begins to put them on the spot. He's going to challenge them. I'm going to put you on the spot right here. After what you've just heard me teach, you have to choose. After you just heard what I had to say, now it's in your hands to make a choice. Because you need to know there are two ways to go about life. You can go to the wide gate in the broad road, the, the easy way to live, the way that's actually culturally really normal. 
It doesn't have much resistance. It's not going to cause you to make tough choices. It will actually allow you to feel temporary, momentary freedom. This way is going to feed your ego, your pride, your, your vain desires. It's going to make sense. It's going to sometimes feel good to your broken nature. But then he gives a big but. This road, what does it lead to? Destruction. Okay, I've just given you all this teaching and you can go against it. And you can take the, 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 the large gate, the wide gate, the broad road and okay, you can take it. But it's going to lead to destruction. And we see people take it all the time. That's what we saw Adam and Eve in the beginning take it. I have to admit, like, I've taken this in my life plenty of times, and maybe for you, this is a familiar route that you've taken. And Jesus warns, it says, like, but this is going to lead to destruction. If you choose this, it's going to lead to destruction. But there's another way. There's another way. Jesus is, you got to picture him telling these people who are hearing this message, there's another way. It's a small gate. It's a narrow road. It's, it's not easy. It takes discipline. Not many are going to do it. It takes you living out the teaching I gave you, and there's going to be plenty more teaching after this. It's putting people first. It's living with humility. It's going to take discipline and prayer and fasting. It's going to put you at a place where you've got to trust me fully. It's going to call you to take care of those who are in need and hurting the most. It's not going to feel very natural. It's going to take you putting me first and letting me be your rescuer and the Lord of your life. But this gate, it leads to life. It leads to the life that I've always wanted you to have. The reason that God sent me to give you the life that you've always, he's always wanted for you. This life that is freedom. This life that allows you to live the way I've always created you to live from the very beginning. The design I have for it. This life is only found through the small gate. Now a road. See, Jesus knows. He knows what we need to know. That freedom in Jesus is experienced when you live the way of Jesus. He's putting it right there on them. Challenging them. Helping them realize you can... You can walk to the road of destruction or you can walk to the road of life. And one is very broad and... The gate isn't hard to get through, but this other one, it's a small gate, and very few people find it. But if you go there, you will experience life. You'll experience freedom. So freedom in Jesus is, is experienced when we live the way of Jesus. And this goes back to what I said a few minutes ago. Salvation is easy and available for everyone. Everyone. And this is what sets us free. 
Salvation in Jesus is what sets us free. But experiencing all that God designed for us to live in will cause us to make daily choices. It costs us something. I think in these words that Jesus is saying to these people, he's challenging them, and I think the challenge hasn't changed for us. You have to choose. I have to choose a way of life. Because it doesn't happen by accident. There has to be a transformation of mindset where we stop thinking we can jump from road to road, back and forth, and still experience all that God has for us. We have to have a transformation of mindset that I think we can, I think we think we can do this. A little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this. And we wonder why we don't experience all the freedom that God has brought. Well, Jesus makes it clear. Because one road leads to destruction and one road leads to life, and you've got to choose. And when everyone else is running towards one gate that's big and wide and it makes sense to them, will you run that way or do you go a different way? There are two roads. Jesus is like, which one are you going to take? See, as we begin this series together, and we're going to walk through some great things, I need us to, be, us to be on the same page. See, today I could just call this message like, freedom starts here, or we need a freedom mindset. I want to make sure we're on the same pray, page as we go forward, so I, I need us to understand that to be set free and to live free, we need to accept that freedom only comes through Jesus. To walk in what God has for us, we've got to own. Freedom happens in one place. Galatians 5.1. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore. Do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Remember, the whole plan of creation was that we would live in freedom, right? That's why we had to go back to the original plan. And sin enters the world. And really quickly, we could be like, okay, it's all over. But the amazing truth is that God still pursues us. Even when we mess up, he pursues us. Through Jesus, that was God's pursuit of us. We have been set free to have what he always wanted us to have. Hear me, you don't have to search for it. You don't have to find it anywhere. It's right here. Grab a hold of it. This idea that freedom is something that you like that it's a battle to get and you're, you're, you're searching around trying to find this freedom that seems elusive. It's not. Jesus has come. He's the pursuer. He's the one that wants it for us more than we want it ourselves. He's the one who came, put everything on the line, and gave it to us. Freedom is right there. We have to accept it, but we just have to understand that it's found in one place only. It's in Jesus and it's his, in his coming, and it's his dying, and it's in his rising again. We can't experience freedom anywhere else because every other road leads to destruction. 
We gotta accept that freedom only comes through Jesus. The second thing we gotta understand is that living in freedom takes daily choices. John writes this in his, his gospel in, in our chapter 15. He says, so Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, so if you, you stay in my teachings, if you own what I've said, you live in my word, you're truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and what? The truth will set you free. See, when, when we accept that Jesus died for our sins, and we ask for forgiveness from those sins, and we, we're set free. We're set free from everything in our past, and we get to have an eternity with him. That's what happens in salvation when we accept it. But again, being set free and living free aren't the same thing. If we live in the teachings, abide in the word of Jesus, we will live an experience of freedom that Jesus came to give. And this is what I mean by this, and I'm going to be totally honest with you. We live in a culture where the name of Jesus is not, like, uncommon. Many of you probably grew up in the church. I don't know who's watching online right now. Maybe your culture is different, but you probably have some history with this person of Jesus. At some point, there was this acknowledgement and this, okay, Jesus, this is what he came to do. And for many people, we've said a prayer. God, forgive me for my sins. God, I believe that you're the Savior, and I give my life to you. But for many people, that's where the relationship with Jesus ends. Like it just kind of stops. It kind of just lands there. But can I tell you today that salvation is not the landing spot. Salvation is the launching spot. Can I just tell you, we have this confused. Salvation is not the landing spot. It's not the destination. It's not the place where like, finally, I got this. Now I can go about life. This is where we mess up and why we don't experience the living and freedom the way Jesus came to give us. Because we think salvation is the end when salvation is the beginning. It launches us into everything that God has for us. We miss it. And I think, I think Jesus begs us to say, like, I came to save you because I'm the only one that can set you free. But can we not stop there? Because I have so much more for you. Salvation is the gate. But it takes you on this road of freedom that changes our life. It's not a decision. It's a lifestyle of decisions. Freedom is not a decision. You get why this is sort of a battle, right? Because there's, there is a decision to set us free. But it's a lifestyle decision where we can live free. Salvation's not hard. Jesus does all the work. But can I tell you, to live in that freedom is a daily battle of making the choices to abide in his word. And this truth will set us free. This may seem hard, and so I've got some good news. That's the third thing we need to know. 
is that we don't have to do this in our own strength. John 14, if you love me, keep my commands, abide in my truth, live that out. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. I told you from the beginning, we don't have what it takes to set ourselves free, but we do have Jesus. And as Jesus sets us free, we realize that God loves us so much that he also sends us an advocate and helper, the Holy Spirit to walk with us, to empower us, to convict us, to guide us, so that we can live in this freedom. God knows our struggle. Can I tell you, it's not about perfection, it's about obedience. God is not trying to be this legalistic God and saying, you better do it my way or you can't have it. He is giving us what we need. Again, he's always, always pursuing us. He's always jumping into our lives. He's always giving us everything we need. It comes down to our choice. God knows our struggle because we're not perfect. So he equips us to walk this narrow road with confidence and with passion and with joy and with peace and with self-control because we're not alone. We can't do this on our own strength. I started today talking about how powerful the elephant is. Yet I told you it doesn't live in the freedom that it can because of that chain. And this is our story. This is you and me. We've been set free by the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus. We don't have to settle into that bondage anymore. We all carry hurts. We all carry pains. We all carry brokenness. We all carry past mistakes. We all carry junk. But there is hope that we don't have to live in that junk anymore. We have to live in that sin. We don't have to live in what has, been hap has happened to us or because of our decisions. There's hope. That what has been controlling us, those chains can be broken. Because God has He's never stopped pursuing us. He wants to do a great work. We've got to join him in this. We've got to remember that walking in freedom is a choice we have to make through the strength and grace of the Holy Spirit every single day. Jesus says there's two gates. One leads to life and one leads to destruction. One leads to freedom. One leads to bondage. We gotta choose. And so today, as we begin this series, my prayer is that we make, make the God Christ honoring choice, and we don't do it once, we do it again, and we do it again, and we do it again. And daily, as the battle is happening, we just make it again because we know if we continue to choose this narrow road, not everybody's gonna be going down that road, and we may feel alone sometimes. But we go down this road at the end of this road. It's everything that God wanted for us, but it's not just something we have to wait for. Every day we get to begin to live in this freedom because we're abiding in his word and the Holy Spirit is walking with us. We're walking down some of this as a church these next six weeks because how can we not lean into the purpose in which Jesus came with everything that we are? 
And I know in this room, and I know who's watching online right now that you are feeling some of this right now. It's hard to worship God, because how do I worship God when I've made mistakes? I don't deserve to worship God, and I don't deserve to be loved by God, because look at the things I've done. Or, or what about, it's hard to worship God because of things that have been done to me. It's hard to worship God because we carry shame and we carry guilt. We carry all this heavy weight. You're like, I can't do it. I don't have the strength. And I want to tell you today, you're right. That's why we need Jesus. I don't want us to live like the elephant who just gives up. And every time that chain comes, it's like, it is what it is. This is just normal life. When Jesus came to bring more than normal, he came to bring new to us. So today as we begin this, and I'm looking forward to what we're going to jump into, will you make a conscious choice? Maybe for some of you, you have fallen away from Jesus. You've just, you've gone down that road that's been easy, and you know in this moment that Jesus is calling you back and saying, I've set you free too much for that road. I need you to go down the narrow road and the small gate, and you just want to say, Jesus, this morning, like, okay, change direction. Forgive me. I've sinned in my life, but I need to be set free from that. Because as much as I try to distract myself, this is too much to carry. And some of us today need to be once again forgiven and set free from whatever you're carrying. But then there's other people. You've asked Jesus to forgive you. You've asked God to forgive you, and through Jesus you've been set free, but that's where the relationship ended. And maybe God's telling you today, I have more for you, because you aren't living free. You aren't living free. You're not making those daily choices to live in this freedom. You're not in the fight to live in the freedom. When the enemy's coming at you, you realize, no, I've got something stronger to win this battle. And salvation was your landing spot. And God's telling you today, well, that was your launching place. And I've got more for you. As we walk into this, can, can we just decide, God, if you came to set us free, that's what I want. We just bow your head, close your eyes, and let's just, let's do this together this morning and make a conscious choice. If you're in this place, if you're watching right now and you need to be set free by the death and resurrection of Jesus, will you ask for the forgiveness that comes and will you receive the forgiveness that's available to you? Jesus never says no. Believing he did that and confessing your sins, will you do that? And then for other people, will you say, I don't want to end at salvation. I want to live in freedom. God, this morning, whatever you have for us, may you make it abundantly clear and may we respond to you because you have more for us than we've ever experienced before. Thank you that you've come to set us free and help us daily to make those choices to live in your freedom by the power of your Holy Spirit. It's your name we pray.